Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Greetings, Retroids one and all. Welcome to another episode of The Crow's Nest. This is the side segment kind of style that we've been doing as of late, where we pick a topic and we wax geeky on it. I am joined by my always co-host, Parasite Steve. Uh, Yes, yes you are. And I am here and I am also, uh, as it turns out, uh, geeky as well. There you go. Geeks, the geeks so, have it. Yeah, so this, and, is, this uh, is kind of a good place for, for me right here. Yeah, I think you fit right in. I mean, the frankly, chair's comfy, too. Know. I mean, you know. Oh, I is got, it? My, got, mine's okay. It's got lumbar. I got, I got the lumbar temperature co- Coca-Cola, and I'm all right. I'm doing Ooh. All right. Mm-hmm. I just finished me a glass of Nesquik, so I'm doing Ooh. quite good. You know, oh, really, really living uh, it up. Just don't, just oh, don't yeah. do any jumping jacks. Um. No, you're, you're full of dairy. with my back the way it is. I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not right. going to do the any back thing that. and you're full of dairy. It's just going to oh, be a bad time. God, it, the whole thing got all fucked. Yeah, you know, did. really did. But you know, what didn't get fucked is that? the rest of this episode, because we have a, a first ever special guest on an episode of the crow's nest. We brought on resident geek friend and master of all things, mana, Eric Michaud, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, uh, Mana Nerd is a good title. Yeah. Yeah. Mana Nerd and Retroid. That should be. And Retroid. Yes. 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 So so we here today are going to talk to everyone about uh, a little game called Secret of Mana or Secret of Mana, uh, because, you know, our games always have to have, like, a weird way to interpret how to say it. <laughs> right, there isn't just um, one. Right. Like, even if we did Super Mario Brothers, I feel like we would mention the Mario thing. Mario, right. Like, I mean, unless you find a game Super called, like, The Mario. Legend. We need, like, The Legend of Robert. Like, you can't mispronounce that. <laughs> like, that's just, that is exactly what it is. Uh, I don't know, uh, you could probably pronounce it Robert. Fuck. Robert. Tonight, we're, Damn uh, it. we're doing Holly Diver. <laughs> The NES game Holly Diver. Uh, Holly Diver, starring takes, uh, Ronnie, James the, uh, <laughs> Ronnie James Dio. Ronnie James Dio. Dio. Well, you know, we we always like to keep you on your toes. Um, yeah. So, Secret of Mana is a game that has been applauded, loved, celebrated, and remembered fondly for uh, you know almost thirty years now. And uh, it's a game that I had never played myself until recently. I, I used to see it on, at the store. I used to see the artwork online all the time. And, and you know, the, the Mana series is a very long running series. So I was always aware of it. But I was like, God, you know, I've never actually played through Secret of Mana. And um, I was actually talking to Eric one, one day that we were hanging out before our D&D game uh, that, you know, 
talking about the mana series and just kind of got, you know, my gears turning. And I was like, hey, you know, they, they sell the collection of mana on the Nintendo Switch and it comes with the first three games. So I was like, I, I should just pick this up. Like, I, I should just get this and I should go through it. Part of the reason that was always holding me up is because I had these games on my Super Nintendo Classic because, I, uh, you know, the Secret of Mana comes on there. And then the sequel uh, was I had a fan translation of because it never left Japan. But uh, the problem is, is that it's not portable. You know, I have to unplug it. I got to I got to hook it up. I got to do all this crap. You know, the littlest bit of resistance is too much when technology is as convenient as it is these days. So I was like, screw it. I'm going to drop 20 bucks. Collection was was like half off. And I played me some Secret of Mana. And uh, I'll be honest, I, I had myself quite a good time with it. Um, quite a time, you know. This quite a time, quite a time. Uh, the game came out uh, in August sixth of nineteen ninety three, uh, so two years after I was born, uh, and only twenty one days away from my birthday, which is fun. Mm. Uh, and uh, and yeah, so I mean, this this is the second in a series. This this is in Japan. This game is called Seiken Densetsu Two. Uh, the first game in the series was localized in america for the game boy uh and what was that game called does, does anybody know final fantasy adventure final fantasy adventure that's uh, correct so it's crazy. odd that this originally started as a final fantasy spinoff yep yep it was just kind of like a all right you know uh, uh Setsu in in japan or whatever they 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 figured we're, we'll call it final fantasy adventure in america maybe that'll help kind of brand it in a way that people would be more interested in it and and if not it's at least a, a, some kind of spin-off kind of thing and we can just abandon it if it doesn't if it doesn't go so well according um, to what i'm reading it is uh the subtitle in japan was final fantasy gaiden second densetsu oh. colon final fantasy gaiden and in europe apparently it's called mystic quest so this thing had you know quite the identity disorder called mystic quest not to be not to be confused with final fantasy final mystic fantasy quest, mystic quest right which so was a saying. north america only like dumbed down final fantasy game but they must have taken the name from that they're like well let's let's just keep it in the family yeah i, don't I want to spread sure the, the gene pool out those too two. much here really i know but uh, yeah, so I started off as a as a Final Fantasy spinoff, um, you know, loosely, not really like super strongly tied. Um, and then, you know, the sequel just did gangbusters. You know, I mean, the Super Nintendo was like the system for Squaresoft. Right. Because like, uh, so did you say that was on the Game Boy? Yeah. Did you say that? Yeah. OK. Yeah. Yep. So how crazy is that? You know, it right. started just like Gargoyle's Quest and you know, be, eventually became Demon's Crest on the SNES. It's like it's so funny. It started on the Game Boy. I mean, sure, it was a spinoff right. of Ghosts and Goblins, Ghouls and Ghosts, but like still, as like that series proper started on the Game Boy. It's so crazy. No kidding. Yeah. OG yeah, it's, it's, it's really nuts how, how people actually decided to take stuff from, you know, a portable platform and, and take it farther and yeah. really build on it. You know, it's like, I think most companies probably thought, you know, portable games were throwaway stuff and, and whatever you put on there is not going to spawn a huge series <clears throat> except, uh, you know, Pokemon. But uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think never, it's crazy. never heard of it. Never heard of it. What is a Pikachu? I what is it, what is it? being popular? I don't understand this. I don't get it. I don't. I don't understand. What it's like it? they made a whole console to be portable now. And why? Right, a whole it. console that I specifically played this collection on because it's so goddamn convenient. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 
It's and so it's mother really grabbing convenient. Like it's 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 great. Like I, I don't have to I don't have to you know go oh shit you know I got to go find the SNES Classic and hook it up to whatever and and you know where I have it now it's hooked up to the TV in our bedroom and like it, it's just not a great like spot to sit like sitting on the bed there's no backrest and I'm like ah, it's just a pain guys it's just really a pain you know pain. I got I got to have this Nintendo Switch on the couch and then then it's just oh it's butter it's just so magic. I didn't I didn't know this at all I do remember this game existing but um. Sword of Mana for the GBA is actually yes. a remake of the a, original. Yep, it was a complete remake of Final Fantasy Venture. Um, completely redid the storyline and added in a second playable character um, in the main female version. Um, you can play the, the female character in Sword of Mana. Very cool. Which is super cool. I, I So this collection comes with the Game Boy version of Final Fantasy Adventure. Um, I think it would have been awesome if they had included sort of mana because yeah. i i just feel like it's i mean obviously it is a very different game and i get that they were going for like you know the original three and that's fine um but it would have been awesome to have sort of mana on there because yeah. it's kind of like the reimagined much more modernized take on that game mm-hmm. i guess i don't know unless you just kind of treat it as its own thing but i thought that would have been neat um you know it is what it is. Uh, uh, the package having Secret of Mana and and Trials of Mana, aka Seiken Densetsu Three, uh, now I mean, is christened Trials of Mana. Right now, christened the per- Seiken forever. Right, Seiken Densetsu Three was just that's all we knew, that's all we had, and then they localized it in 2019 for this collection, and they dubbed it Trials of Mana. Those two games alone are worth buying. You yeah, know, th- this collection for it's really, like the third third one's just gravy. Um, a lot of people say that Second Setsu 3 or Trials of Mana now um, was honestly one of the best games that came out for the Super Nintendo, even if it didn't come out in America. Um, oh, that was a that it was just for the did Sammy so Club. much mm-hmm. okay. for its system. Like the, the graphics were phenomenal, the music, gameplay, it was all there. Nice. Yeah, and and that's that's actually what I'm currently going through, and I I have to agree a hundred percent. Like Trials of Mana is just unbelievable. It yeah, is not- it is gorgeous it plays great it improves on everything from secret of mana um just about and i i feel like it really is a shame that it it took so long to come here but uh fan translations have been around for a while and and now that there's an official way to play it um you know not only can you play the original super nintendo version on this collection but there's also the full 3d remake of uh there's actually a remake of both secret of mana and trials of mana Hmm. one of them people like uh I'll let Eric uh, tell you. I think it's mostly they're kind of both divisible. Trials yeah. of Mana remake definitely much more accepted um, because yeah. it's such a vast improvement from the original, which is saying a lot considering how good the original one was. Right. Um, but it's just the the new remake for Trials of Mana just plays so differently mm-hmm. um, than any other mana game at this point. It's hmm. full on action RPG. It feels more modern. It feels very uh, accessible right it plays much more like a hack and slash kind of game as opposed to like a careful timed button press to you know get out your attacks kind of thing uh while still being real time like like the original like you know getting back to secret of mana um you know like eric mentioned it's an action rpg so you know it's like a genre defined by having real-time combat uh, you know, you you hit your attack button and you immediately swing your your weapon. Uh, you gain experience points from defeating enemies. You level up. You get 
uh, all sorts of different equipment and you learn spells and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and so for the longest time, I assumed that the game would play a lot like a Zelda game, but with more RPG elements. And um, I feel like after having played Secret of Mana, I don't think that's really the right expectation. Like it, the, the combat does happen in real time, but the way that it's like the pacing of it is very different because your characters have like this charge gauge. And when you attack, your percentage goes to zero. And then like, you know, four or five seconds later, it'll charge up to a hundred. Mm -hmm. And once you get to a hundred, that's the game basically telling you like, okay, your next attack is at its full power. If you just mash the button, you'll do like one damage, one damage, you know, hardly getting anything out. If you wait for it to fully be charged up, and then you attack, you'll do, you know, 25, whatever your attack power is. So it took a while for me to get used to that combat because mm -hmm. I was totally expecting to just go in and like, and you just beat the shit out of guys and, and not really have this like, you know, specific <laughs> pauses that they put in the game to be like, no, no, you can't just hit the rabbit thing four times and it's dead. It's not just beating the shit out of guys, sir. <laughs> it's other stuff. Other Right, you beat the shit out of like birds, um, and rabbits, and then there's and, like and, definitely and mana beasts. There's this one guy. There's a, mana beast. there's a tomato man who rides around in a magical pot, and he's just a tomato. A tomato man. Yeah. Yep. Tomato man. Tomato man. I mean, he's kind really of really annoying shit. if you don't have a ranged weapon. That's a five. Super annoying because also uh, this game, this game has certain enemies that will summon other enemies, and it took me a while to like fully get that um until i encountered them enough because there there are certain screens where you're like oh cool you know you you run into a group of enemies your characters will like enter their battle stances and then you can you know move around freely and attack the guys and once you kill them all it'll say okay you won play a little chime you know you go on, go about your day the enemies that keep summoning more and more enemies like there can only ever be three enemies on screen at a time but if you're killing one of the ones that got summoned like by the time you've even switched your target and are attacking another guy, that friggin' summoner guy is is brought a third one on screen, and so it can be really useful for farming experience. But also, it can be like I'm gonna friggin' die because <laughs> I've been fighting these damn enemies and I didn't notice that this one fucking thing over there was summoning other guys. And I don't know. Like I think you learn it pretty quick, but at first it, it took me a sec to to kind of acclimate yep. to that. Good story is the first time I ever like fully game over in Secret Mana when I first played it was in that exact situation. Um, I believe it was at the Earth's Temple. The Maw Goblins were sitting up at the door and they just swarmed us with enemies and like I can't even get to the people that I need to kill. And the frigging Maw Goblins. Out. Yeah, oh we my just got god. Yep. Yeah, those, those, those Mom Goblins are absolutely the first one that I, I really took note of it. Um, so Eric, Tell so you mentioned first time you were playing this. Tell tell us a story about the first time that you you played Secret of Mana. Yeah, so Secret of Mana actually fell into my lap uh, mostly by accident. Um, it was way back in yonder years when video rental stores were still a thing. Um, you know the mysterious, ever elusive blockbusters and things like that. Um, but it was nearing the end of the SNES life cycle um, in terms of popularity, at least. Uh, so it's like 1996, maybe. Um, I go out with my family. We go to a, a rental store that we're not super familiar with. We were on the other side of town. And I just happened to notice this game, Secret of Mana. And I pick it up. I'm looking at it. Oh, cool. It's, you know, action RPG. I like RPGs. 
I see that it's multiplayer. So, oh, cool. It's something I can play with my sister. Um, and it's unique in that it's real-time multiplayer instead of like turn-based, like all the other multiplayer games mm-hmm. we had, like Super Mario World or, you know, um, games of that story. So we pick it up, we rent it, we have it for five days. I don't stop playing this thing. Like, it's so much fun. Um, I forgot to breathe. More or less. Um, the only reason I stopped is because I was still a young kid and my parents forced me to go to bed for school. <laughs> but um, the time came to return the game. It was five days later. Um, you go back to the, this other rental store that you know, was on the other side of town. We see that they're swapping everything out for N64 games at this time, because um, that's when everything was getting, you know, mm-hmm. popular for that. Yep, 96, 97, right around there. Yep. Yep. And then I see that all the Super Nintendo games are going on sale, so like they're actually selling off their copies. So like without hesitating, I see that there is a copy of Secret of Mana on sale, and I just beg my mother to buy it for us because it's it's something that <laughs> me and my sister play. Like, we had never done anything like this before. And it's like, no, we need to get this and play it all the way through. Mom, we need this game. You don't understand. <laughs> it's super important. Why are you listening to me? It's two players at once and it's an RPG. You don't even know. Mom, I love RPGs. Mom. She had, she had no idea. I'm like, can you just spot me $20? I will pay you back. I swear I will give you $20. Never gave her $20, by the way. I still owe her that. <laughs> I probably Mom. worked it off, but I never actually physically gave her $20 for the game. Mom, just spot me an Andy J. That's all I need. Just, just, I, <laughs> just, I just Andy need, J, Mom. Just need one. Come on. And she's like, oh, man. Oh, oh, Rental store craps. Oh, 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 what? Wait, are you into the are you into the drugs, Eric? And you're like, oh, my God, Mom, no. I just need an Andy J so I can buy the Secret of Mana game. Don't you remember? I skipped school for five. Are you days dealing drugs? Are you dealing Andy I need, this, I need my video crack. I need my video crack. It is drugs. It's just a means to an end, Ma. I can oh, stop any time. As soon as I, as soon as I get secret of man, I'll stop. Oh, Eric, what would your father say? Oh man, this got personal. Anyways. So, so that's uh, that is the best. I loved when I would find a game, rent it at the store, and then just fall in love with it. And and those rental store sales were just godlike. I mean, anytime that you could catch, you know, your blockbuster, nap video, or Hollywood video, whatever it was, uh, in their transition phase. Oh my god, that's just like the best flea market ever. And uh, at the time, you know, you don't realize how amazing of a deal you're getting, considering how expensive all retro games are now. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I loved when, uh, when our stores would be selling off their stuff. I mean, that was like choice pickings because I feel like not that many people took advantage of it. I don't know. Maybe I just liked the weird games <clears throat> that nobody else played too. My favorite was actually um, when Toys R Us was like on the cusp of stopping their 16 bit era. Yeah. And all of a sudden, all these $60 games were 20 bucks and they were brand new. I, I remember getting so many freaking Whoa. games. That's I mean I rebought Super Castlevania Four because I had right. literally worn out my original copy, right? And then I I had bought you can wear out of, cartridges. That's impressive. Totally, yeah. Uh, I my, still own my original Super or Secret of Mana cartridge. By the way, it sits right next to my Super Nintendo. Nice, <laughs> that's nice. awesome. We were talking off mic, Erica and myself. We we both have our original Super Nintendo still hooked up. As hell well. yeah, so hell yeah. 
That's I, I do not have secret. So I think I think I haven't mentioned it, but um, it full transparency. I have actually never played uh, through any of these games. And honestly, these are these are games that I at most played for like one rent. So yeah, I was going to ask how, you know, what, how you have experienced. You could have yeah. Anyway. So for sure, the original, I remember renting. I remember playing, uh, being like super excited that it was a two player RPG, feeling like that was really different and really cool. This, these are the days back, back then I didn't really play RPGs. I, I didn't, I got it into my head. I didn't really like them. And the real truth of it is I didn't give them a chance ever. Um, but uh yeah that was a really really fun rent and it was one of those things that i uh meant to go back and mm-hmm. you know one of those games so it, it it wasn't even a case of yeah that was fun but i'm good no it was like yeah that was fun i'd like to play more of it we should rent it again or buy it or something and just it just fell by the wayside just never right. never went back um and then years and years later my only other experience with the series was uh, Legend of Mana on the PS, I believe it's mm-hmm. PS One. Yeah, might and that just PS4. got a re- that just got a remaster. And it I did. know that that's considered to be like not a true entry in the series because it's it plays so different. It is a true entry, depending on who you talk to. Like it's a mainstream game; it's not like a side shoot or anything. But it is very divisive. really, yeah. It really jumps the shark in the sense of like it takes the things that you thought you knew about the Mana series and was like, okay, so. None of that necessarily applies, or maybe some of it does, but mm-hmm. you're not just getting another Secret of Mana game. Like they they did, they really tried to shake it up, and I feel like Legend of Mana is what started the Mana series down this bizarre path of like all the games kind of try to do something a little different, or maybe not all of them, but a good chunk of them kind of give you different flavors of different gameplay styles, and you know you're you're never quite getting the same experience whereas secret of mana and trials of mana feel like boom natural evolution perfect instance of a great game getting a greater sequel like the other ones are are a little bit harder to compare directly right i think in that vein secret of mana and um trials of mana are actually the only true sequels of the series themselves everything else is technically its own standalone game um and you are right once they got past Trials of Mana, and they started development on Legend of Mana, they pretty much just threw all the the regular formula out the window. I think the only thing that really stayed consistent throughout the series, for the most part, is the the real-time action combat. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, they they never brought it, they never made it, like, turn-based, per se. They always kept it to be, you know, action RPG-oriented and and things like that. Um, Like, I even remember playing Children of Mana on the DS, and that was kind of like a hack-and-slash dungeon crawler kind of game, and it was gorgeous, but I I didn't really have any bearings. I had been away from the series for a long time, and I was just like, you know, all I knew was, okay, yeah, it's like a real-time action RPG game, and Mm -hmm. and it was fun, but it was grindy, and, you know, I think uh, overall it kind of lost my interest, but that was Children of Mana. Um, But yeah, so... You know, Secret of Mana definitely is, is like we said, it's one of those games. It, it has just gorgeous production values. You know, I mean, the, the levels, the enemies, the bosses, like the, the way that they animate the spells that you can cast, the friggin' soundtrack, like everything in this game is just, you know, pinnacle of Squaresoft artwork, uh, you know, at its finest. And um, Right, and I, I, mean, would, I would argue, you know, sprite work on the SNES 
as well. Oh, sure. It's, right. It's definitely pinnacle for 100%. sure. A hundred percent. Yep. And I mean, like the soundtrack, like is very frequently listed up there with like Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI as like best on the system, best for yeah, an RPG. Almost anyone you ask, like top 10 SNES RPG, like or not even RPG, SNES soundtracks, mm-hmm. there is a very good chance Secret of Man is going to wind up, up up there. Uh, Hiroki Kaikuda just nailed everything. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Like I was a fan of the soundtrack for Secret of Mana and Trials of Mana many years before I even played them. I just, I heard the songs, I heard them on, you know, whatever internet game music radio stations or whatever it was. And I just fell in love with the soundtrack so much. And I was, you know, every time I listened to a song from it, I'm like, oh, I still got to play that game. You know, I, I, I know the soundtrack by heart and I, <laughs> I don't even know what it goes to. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, that right there is just incredible. Uh, the fact that it is a, a multiplayer RPG. Um, now, am I wrong? Could you hook up a, a multi-tap and actually do three player? That's actually correct. It was one of the very few games on the Super Nintendo that made use of the Super Multi-Tap accessory, and you were able to play three people at once on Secret of Mana. Super cool. See, I, rem- I, I thought I remembered that that was the deal, and then I was questioning myself, and I was thinking, no, that's crazy. It must. I must just be thinking about the fact that it was multiplayer at all, and it was two-player, and that still is a big deal. But right, it was, it right. was so it was three-player. That's so it was three player capable, but the odd thing is that Trials of Mana took that away, and you were only able to play two. Lame. Despite having three people in right, still having a three person party. Yeah, that is really weird that they took that out. Yeah, I think the multi tap just didn't sell that well, so maybe they just didn't bother trying to program how you would get three people on screen at the same time and no one be kicked off. Um, Yeah, I think I only used it for Super Bomber Man. I, I. I don't think I even used it for another game. The, the multi-tap? I can't, I can't even recall what it looked like. Yeah. I honestly think there's only like four or five games that used the multi-tap. Yeah. That I can yeah. remember. That would that would line up. I feel like it was not like a super uh, well-adapted ado- peripheral. Not many people used it. Yeah, Super Nintendo kind of did. Um, it's like the mouse and stuff, too. They had, you know, right. they had some neat peripherals. The Super Scope. For sure. you first, yep, Super Scope. Um, yep. And then it just, they, which I've still never even held in real life. Like I I've only seen these games on an emulator. I've never actually used a super scope. Really? Not, not nearly as much of a, of a bazooka. Smash (laughs) brothers lied to me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not that big, but it's, uh, it did run on a shitload of D batteries. So it probably had some heft to it. Right, yeah, it definitely had that good, uh, that good build quality. Once yeah. you put all those fucking batteries, yeah, there. yeah, felt that, real, tracks felt real that tracks for Nintendo with the old Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, this thing feels so light. Oh, put the batteries in it. Now you're talking. This feels like real hardware. Was this thing made out of steel? No, it's just batteries. Batteries. Um, it's made of D batteries. batteries. <laughs> made out of D's it's, batteries. It's ninety-eight percent D battery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the thing that Secret of Mana did was it kind of divided up how how the three characters played. You had your main character Randy, uh, which I thought was funny because the game asks you to name all of the characters as mm-hmm. you as they join your party. So I just gave them all like names that I liked, and I only learned later like that chainsaw, they have canonical names: and, uh, chainsaw, and then bullwhip, uh, and then like slash. 
Yeah. Because it sounds cool. And then tiramisu because you had or, it for or, the or first like, time that day and you thought it was a cool word. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did think it was a cool word too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But apparently, main character's name is Randy. Uh, pretty little lady walking up to Randy. <laughs> um, it's spelled R-A-N-D-I. Literally right where my and brain then, went. Right there. <laughs> Randy? That, that family guy episode. Yeah, stupid family guy thing, right? Yeah, it was, um, yeah Randy Newman. So, so Randy is the the main character, you know, the sword wielder, uh, all about the melee. Uh, Prim is the princess, which is like really you named her Prim, like she's Prim and proper, but like whatever. Uh, so she's a princess, and she is your main like support magic user. Uh, and then there is a little like fairy creature, like little you know, kind of halfling fairy. Elf they are creature. a sprite officially. A, a sprite. Okay. Yep. So and and the sprite's name is Popoi, P O P O I. Oh, I don't. Yeah, like, I've uh, always said Popoi. Uh, it's Popoy. it's really hard to pronounce because it's a weird name. Right? Is, uh, is yeah, that sprite a sailor Popoy? name? Uh, like, no, the eyes is in the wrong Popoy, spot. Popoi, Popoi, um, the sailor man. Popoi, awesome. the sailor man. It's Popoy. But also, depending on which translation you're um, looking at, it also has an I or it ends in I E in some translations so like oh. if you're playing sword of mana um they make references to the older characters and it's actually spelled p-o-p-o-i-e interesting so popoi popoi yeah. anyway there's always weird shit so uh back Popoy, to that poorly back named, to... hard to pronounce stuff yeah <laughs> right so Popoi uh, is the sprite character, and they deal all of your main uh, offensive magic spells. Now, the thing that makes this game pretty interesting is, unlike most games where you would have uh, weapons that you would buy along the way and you would you know, equip whatever the better weapon was, um, you start the game out with uh, a small selection of weapons. So Randy starts with a sword, Prim starts with Knuckles, I believe, and Popoi starts with the boomerang. Um, but these three weapons are just three of eight mana weapons that you will get as you go through the game. And once you get them, you essentially unlock that weapon type. And you can, and so all of the weapons are their sword, axe, spear, glove, boomerang, whip, javelin, and then bow and arrow. And you can equip any character with any weapon. They do not make you use the, the girl as the healer and make her use a staff. You can give her the axe. She can be a, a bomb-ass fighter as well. You can, you can basically have them develop whatever she can be a um, bomb skills ass. you want. You want, you want her she, to be a bomb-ass? She, she is a bomb-ass. You can, you can do it. You can do I mean, it. She wears really nice pants to show that ass off. But yeah, um, she, she's head got that cannon, nose. personally, I, don't, I can't see Prim with any other weapon than the spear. Oh my god, and me too. I, That's why I, I gave her the whole game. I blame my sister for that because she wanted to use the spear. She always used the spear and she would steal every single one of my boss kills with it. <laughs> That's exactly what I did because because Prim starts with the glove. And I was like, I don't really see her like getting into the fisticuffs. And also it wasn't really like that effective. And I was like, I don't know. I always think spears are kick ass, but I was using the sword, so I gave the spear to Prim. And then I kept Papoy with the boomerang. Um, but, but what the game does is every time your character, um, you know, defeats an enemy or hits an enemy with whatever given weapon, they're earning skill points with that weapon. And as they gain enough points, it'll level up their mastery of that weapon. So 
you can switch around all the weapons that you want, but if you decide to stick with you know certain weapons over the long term of the game, they're going to get way way better at them. And uh, and so each one of the eight weapons you can upgrade to get stronger as you go through the game and defeat bosses and open chests. You unlock these orbs that are specifically assigned to one type of weapon. And so you'll get the sword orb. You go to the blacksmith. He says, "Cool, I can upgrade your the sword." And then the sword is now upgraded for anybody who's using it. Like it's it's not one sword uh, that like you know I could sell. It's just the sword weapon is now this strong. And I think that's really cool. Um, I, I like that there's so much flexibility between how you want to play and, and what weapons work for you and for what characters. Yeah, one little small detail that I don't know if you ever noticed um, when you're playing, the way that you can really tell it's just one weapon that they just share in between everyone. If you ever swap weapons between characters while you're playing, you will actually see them jump from the character sprite to the other character, basically like they're throwing them to their partners. That's cool. I, ne I never did that. Yeah, that's really neat. Um, so they they use these different weapons. You know, mostly it's just you pick whichever one you like. Some of them have way better range. Um, some of them just hit harder. Uh, but for the most part, you can kind of use whatever you want. Uh, what the game does do, though, that I thought was a little tricky uh, is certain areas, certain dungeons will require you to use a weapon to overcome like an environmental obstacle. So, like, there might be a, a cave with a bunch of rocks, and the only way to get past them is to have the axe and to hit the hit the rocks and break through the, uh, you know, break through them. Uh, or there will be like these little chasms that you can go across, but you need to use the whip in order to whip across them and and clear the chasm. And so, in those instances, with like how frequent they they wanted you to overcome some of these things it just kind of felt like the game saying yeah you should probably just use the whip for this level or yeah you should probably just use the axe for this level um which i thought was weird because not every weapon got like an equivalent turn at being useful really the main super useful ones for solving things are axe whip and then i guess sword like if you have to cut down flowers or something am i yeah, misremembering even... anything no, um, it's mostly those three, and even then, the sword can actually be replaced with the axe, um, because the sword is mostly just used, like you said, for the flowers or the grass, but that could be taken care of with any of the bladed weapons, which is sword or axe, basically. Okay. Um, okay. So, yeah. you kind of, after you play through the game as many times as I have, um, <laughs> I won't say how many hours I have into it. Just no, for let's, my own, let's for let's, my own this dignity. Is, <laughs> this is the venue. This is the venue. How many hours do you think you've put into Secret of Mana, Eric? Um, well, let's see. The <laughs> files that I have on my actual cartridge are upwards of about 200 hours between the four files. Um, and that's not including re-releases and remakes and deleted files, basically. Wow. Right. Um, that's just what's currently visible. Because yeah, this that uh, is just what I have left there for prosperity's sake. Because <laughs> uh, we haven't, I don't think we actually mentioned this, but you you are on the show today because this is your favorite game of all time, right? Pretty much. Like, if anyone asks me, like, "Hey, what's your favorite game? What game should I play?" It's usually just play Secret of Mana, um, or at least something from the Mana series, depending on what they have available right. to them. 
Right. Um, so that that's like, pretty cool. So, I mean, like, you know, because I, I have to say, you know, you mentioned that it's often mentioned as top soundtracks for the system for Super Nintendo. And it's it's mentioned in people's top 10 RPGs. Uh, I I've never heard anyone talk about the soundtrack personally. I, and now I, I really want to go like listen to it, uh, which I oh, love. Doing. Do. Love, yeah. love, you know, Honestly, love a good like classic OST. I, I don't know if everyone would agree with me, but in the Secret of Mana OST, I think it's one of the hypest and like best standard boss themes that you'll ever hear yeah. in a video game. Oh, it's so stressful, dude. Awesome. Like it's the way so that the way great. that it starts out, it's very tense. And then it just kind of evolves into like this really just you know upbeat grooving like okay you're you're fighting this dude but yeah that that boss theme is a is a doozy it's yeah it's and, definitely and you hear it every boss fight and there is a lot yeah. of boss fights the only yeah. boss fights you don't hear them in is the penultimate boss fight and the ultimate boss fight yeah right? i like it when the final boss has its own theme the oh, penultimate dances. Oh, meridian so dances is insanely good <laughs> yeah. great final boss scene with meridian dance <laughs> <And> <laughs> need some more arpeggios in here yeah right uh, come on come on give me more how many arpeggios can we fit the the penultimate boss fight is like borderline terrifying that that song is very very scary and that's yeah. is that Oracle. the mana beast nope the mana nope. beast is the ultimate boss, ultimate um, boss the yep. penultimate boss is the dark lich and its theme song goes by the name of Oracle. And it actually is uh, probably my sister's favorite theme, honestly. But it starts out so dark and creepy. And it has this like ominous tone in the background as it starts. And then it just kicks into the actual like high, like, high-paced part. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, this is on. This is ridiculous. How old yeah. guy? This and is it, like, actually- it, it uses you honestly think it's final boss. Right. Yeah, I, I completely did. I thought it was going to be the final boss and it has so much dissonance and it's so like, it's got this very stressful atmosphere and it uses like voice samples as an instrument, which also just gives it this like very unsettling feeling. And it's like, it's, it's powerful. I oh. mean, that whole soundtrack is so good for a variety of different things. Um, it, it just, it has sounds and instruments that I don't think I've really come across any other place on the SNES. And they're so crystal clear and just, the writing is so good. It's it's really incredible. Nice. Uh, it's it's kind of like listening to a Donkey Kong Country soundtrack where you're like, how the fuck did they do this on a Super Nintendo? Yeah. yeah. Like, how, before, how did that music come out of that? And Hiroki Kaikuda just absolutely nailed this mm-hmm. entire soundtrack. Like pushed the SNES to its limits to get us this gem of a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like you, what you're saying is that it also has a really good sound font as we've you know said that term before in the show and uh as we have also talked about on the show uh you know the super nintendo would you know digitize actual sounds um as opposed to the genesis where you know it had its tones that it was able to produce and that was it yep and i know that this is right and i know that one of your favorite uh tim one of your favorite soundtracks that you always go back to for sound fonts is the the ninja warriors and that you always you always uh, talk about how the bass is so you know forward in that soundtrack yeah. and and it sounds unlike every other game on the Super Nintendo and because they they sampled whatever bass hits yep. uh you know they actually like you know actually a bass or what I don't know how they did it but yeah yeah I mean that is that is most likely what they did yeah see I learn stuff when you talk sometimes 
Yeah, well, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad about I'm, that. I'm actually Sven. just trying to uh, trying to impress you right now. But uh, oh man, so I'm smiling so big. Oh good. Uh, so anyway, th- yeah, it sounds like uh, this is kind of the same situation. And I mean, would you would you say that's that's true? I I think I think it is because, like you said, the, the Sega Genesis used FM synthesis, so that's free, frequency modulation synthesis, where you basically are just taking a sound wave and just changing it. Uh, the Super Nintendo really operated a lot more on. Uh, synthesized instruments more like what your key like a keyboard would do like if you Mm -hmm. bought a keyboard and so there would typically be a sample that's being used and then it's getting pitch shifted and you know just changing the sound of it that way Um, which might be a horrific simplification of what's actually going on but um, I think that's why a lot of Super Nintendo soundtracks tended to have the better fidelity because it's using you know like real instruments and it's just digitally modulating it, changing them a bit um but i mean you'll, you'll listen to you know I'll, I'll send you know obviously you'll listen to the soundtrack i'll, I'll yeah. send you a song or two um yeah, but i'm like you'll listen to some and, and be like this sounds like a flute like this sounds like flute i don't i don't feel like it sounds like a video game sounding like a flute i feel like this sounds like a flute and it's just it's like really impressive it's 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 super well done um and and yeah just a very much highlight of this of the console um so to to go back to the boss fight thing real quick so the boss music right this game has so many boss fights i had no fucking clue what i was in for when i started playing it i was like oh it's gonna be like zelda i i was super comparing this to zelda in my head i was like okay there's gonna be dungeons and then there'll be like a boss at the end of each dungeon and then i know i have to rescue the eight elementals and then you know there's probably gonna be like a a secret area at the end or or you know a final area whatever no there are like no 35 bosses later (laughs) yeah there's almost 40 boss fights in this game and uh you know they they spread them out um and then you know towards the end there's like a a pretty large cluster eric you know where i'm talking about when you're at the mana tree it's like oh here's fucking eight boss fights over the course of like this next dun like dungeon or whatever six or eight here's a giant here's a dragon here's another giant here's another Uh, (laughs) right giant dragon giant dragon blob dragon giant blob and you're like fucking (laughs) hell um and so there's so many boss fights in this game and so i i i have to say I need to highlight one of the things in the game that initially uh, drove me away or not drove me away, but was like a roadblock for me. And that was the first fight with the fire giant. Or is am I saying his name right, Eric? It's like the, the it's like a the giant uh, guy, but he's all red. And yeah, he, the he, fire gigas. Fire gigas. Yes. So I that, it's fire giant. Fire gigas. Okay. Translations. Okay. Right, right, right. So that boss fight was super difficult because up until then, I was able to get away with defeating all the bosses using only melee attacks. Uh, and I hadn't really put much effort into using magic spells. Uh, but magic, just like the eight weapons in the game, every time you cast a magic spell, that character will gain proficiency with whichever elemental that was that spell was uh and so the game tries to encourage you to not be afraid to use magic like use your magic go nuts go crazy you you get more magic when you go to a when you go to an inn uh and eventually you gain access to items that can replenish your mp uh granted that is later in the game than the fire gigas but uh yeah so i didn't realize that was a thing at all i didn't realize that the magic was so important um, and so to beat the fire gigas, I had to really go out. I had to leave the area. I had to do a bunch of leveling up, uh, cast, you know, water 
the water attack magic like a shit ton of times and, you know, get my elemental up to level two or three or whatever it was, and then go back in and try it again. And I was able to dump him, like just completely just freaking dump on him. And I was like, okay, I understand. That's that's really a common story too, honestly. Um, Yeah. And I think honestly, like as much of a roadblock as it may sound like, I think they do it really well. Um, with their boss fights and teaching these new different mechanics on how it works. Um, because you literally get Undine um, right before that boss fight. Um, so it's like, oh, I had this new toy. Maybe I should yep. use it. Right. Um, it's really hard to use it at first because you have very little magic points to use. Like, right. I think at the very beginning, um, Popoy has maybe enough for two, three free spells. Yeah. Um, and that's not enough to kill the fire demons. Mm-hmm. Like, straight up, it's not going to happen. And you don't have any magic healing items at that point. So you're like, right. oh, well, I want to kill the things in the dungeon with it, but I also don't know if I'm going to need it for the boss later. Mm-hmm. So it was very tricky like that. Um, and so, and, and, and like, the elementals, they start on level zero. Uh, and so when, when I first got the, the elemental Undine, uh, I I like the way you said that. It was the magic like, spell. Uh, uh, Undine. <laughs> yeah, it's got an umlaut uh, on it now. Undine. Un- Undine. It's another one of those names that no one knows how to actually pronounce. Undine. Undine. Uh, Undine. Uh, uh, yeah, she, so I, I got her and cast a spell, and it did like one damage on an enemy. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, these enemies are like totally not susceptible to this magic at all. So I'm just not going to bother with it. Um, and so then I got to the boss. And I'm like, I'll try the magic on it, and it did one damage. And I'm like, man, this magic like totally blows ass. Did I'm not going to bother. Use acid it. storm. <laughs> no, I didn't use acid storm. Because that's the other thing about the magic is each spirit gives each of the magic casters three different spells, and they don't really. Well, the names are pretty instructive, but they don't tell you the details of what they do. Yeah, like, yeah, you, you could just you go on the no stats idea. menu and, and get like a little sentence about what they do, but you don't fully get it. Yeah, like you would have no idea that Frost Saber would actually put water elemental onto your, your sword and make it better against the Frost Gables. No one, no one ever tried that. Plus, yeah. and no then one I used didn't... Frost Saber because they were too, using, too busy using cure water. Exactly, right. Because, yeah, she's as the support one, Prim, had Frost Saber, so, you know, imbue your weapon with, with ice magic or heal. And I'm like, well, I want healing all the time, all the day, so I'm not going to bother with this ice sword thing. But... Uh, yeah, so like in that instance, I had to grind, I had to level up enough so I could defeat the Gigas. And once I got past that, that was definitely like the first roadblock of the game. And I'm like, okay, well, now I've kind of just adjusted what, like, like how I'm going to play. And I'm going to be focusing, like having my characters use their magic more, not treat it as such a precious resource. And then, you know, over time, as you level up, as you use more magic, your characters are gaining much more MP. Uh, you don't need to be so unbelievably careful about what you're doing. Um, and so, I, I like honestly, I felt like all of the elementals can go up to level nine, uh, but I had Popoi by the end nine, of the game. Nine, technically. Oh, really? Like it's <laughs> yeah. never, it's never. Truly it's never nine. officially level nine, but you can go up to eight point nine nine. And the fun thing about that is, once you get to that level, you get special effects with the spells. Oh, that's neat! I didn't know that. Yeah, so uh, yeah. if you ever cast fireball, like usually it's oh it's a small few small fireballs, you get to like level five, oh they're bigger fireballs. Um once you get to like past level eight, and it's random when it happens, but if you cast fireball, oh look, suddenly I'm shooting out three fire dragon snakes that are just gonna like surround my enemies. Oh, that's cool as hell. I didn't know that. 
that's really cool. Yeah, I only got my elementals up to like level five or six because honestly, I I think by getting the water, fire, and the earth elementals up to level five or six with Popoi, all of their magic was just like just wrecking, like absolutely I, wrecking. I think you just broke my sister's heart because <laughs> Jin was or Jin um, was her. No, it wasn't Jin in that one. It was Sylphid. Sophid, yeah, yeah, the wind one. Again, translations later games they call him Jim, um, right? But yeah, he's Sylphid like this little genie movie. guy with yellow pants and a yellow hat, and he's like yeah. he's the wind elemental. But yeah, yeah it's called Sophid. Sophid um, in Secret of Mana was my sister's favorite. Like she played Prim, who's a support caster. But the nice thing is you can access the other characters' menus, so at any time you could go into Popoy's magic menu and be like, "Oh, I'm going to cast Thunderbolt." Um. If something didn't die to Thunderbolt for my sister, she absolutely hated that ending because <laughs> everything needed to die to Thunderbolt. That's just made sure is. everything did. <laughs> you didn't die to Thunderbolt. I hate you. It's like, okay, well, you were going to kill me, so I don't really feel bad about this. What do you want from me? Um, yeah, yeah. So that's that's actually something that's worth mentioning is that when you're playing the game single player. Uh, you are able to either hit Y to enter your own like menu, and you can you know change use items whatever, or you can hit X to toggle between the other two characters' menus who you're not playing as. So you can be like, okay, I'm going to tell you to start healing me. I'm going to tell you to start casting a fire spell, and then I'm going to just be over here smacking this guy with my axe. And uh, you know, I thought that was pretty unique. You know, that was neat that they didn't just leave it up to pure AI that you could totally instruct your your party members to do what you needed them to do as long as you could you know kind of menu fast i mean the the menuing is they tried to make it as agile as possible with the ring menu you pop it open and a big ring pops up and you you know spin it left and right to select whatever you want to do uh it did take... you didn't mention the ring menu at all because that was something that mana really came up to the forefront with it was you could see everything in your menu all at once and right it was great yeah, and and I was it was very snappy. You know, you didn't have to you know hit pause and load into a separate menu screen or whatever. Um, the only thing I will say is that I frequently was like either hitting the wrong button or or toggling to the wrong way. So like you know, if you pull up on a character's menu, you can they'll be on the items, and then you can hit up or down, and it will switch it to a, another category. But it doesn't; it's not labeled which category you're switching to, so you just kind of have to remember it. So there's like items weapons spells and then there's just like the options sort of statistics uh like ring where you can change how a character behaves in battle or you can look at their stats or you can see uh you know what experience points they have with a given weapon or a given elemental and so there's a ton of information that you can get from pausing but i felt like no matter what i did i always flipped the menu the wrong way like i would always go the longest way around i'm like oh i want to just go to to items and I would be like up, 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 oh fuck. I could have just gone down one. But I'm like, I, I just I always chose the wrong way. But that's whatever. a forever curse. I it play is a this game constantly and I still don't know the order. So I, but the nice thing about it is that make the menu so quick and so snappy yeah. that it doesn't like, yeah, you went up three times instead of down once. I, right. You lost like half a second. I lost half a second. My speed runs in the trash, Eric. I'm sorry. <laughs> speed runs in the trash. Oh man, but it's it's definitely a cool system, and it's a system that I feel like I've seen in another game. Like, did Terranigma use this system? Did you ever play that? Um, I haven't played Terranigma. I know of the series. 
Okay. But as far as I know, um, Mana was really the only ones that used this version of the ring menu. Um, others may have been very similar, but yeah. at the time when Terranigma and Secret of Mana were out, um, it wasn't Square Enix. So they were actually two separate companies. So I don't think they right. actually stole from the other person. As right. Yeah. Terranigma was, was Enix. Right. And, and furthermore, Terranigma was actually uh, published by Enix and it was developed by Quintet. True. Uh, who also made Illusion of Gaia and Soul Blazer. And Actraiser. Oh. Shut the fuck up. They made Actraiser? Oh, yeah. If you listen to those sound effects in Actraiser, they are absolutely Quintet. Oh, man. And the font. The font is absolutely Quintet, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're totally right. Holy shit. Yeah, they made Actraiser in 90. God damn it. It's a good Soul thing Blazer we had you on the show tonight, Eric. Jesus. Thank God. I'm oh, such God. a fucking ignorant asshole. Like, oh. It just happens that Act Razor was one of my other favorite Super Nintendo games because it was another one that I played with my sister. Ironically, yeah. not a multiplayer game, but it was more that I did the action sections, she did the city building. It just worked. Perfect. Yep. Perfect. I, I love Act Razor. I was just looking at the uh, f- I think Fangamer.net has the Act Razor collectible soundtrack now available for pre-order or or you oh, can just buy it that's now. that's really fun. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, what a random, like, awesome thing to, to offer. This is cool as hell. Um, and, uh, and you know, not to not to go down an entire Actraiser rabbit hole, but uh, the composer was a Yuzo Koshiro, also known as, like, the fucking Streets of Rage guy. You oh. know, like, everyone who loves the Streets of Rage music, they sing the praises of Yuzo Koshiro. He was, like, a, you know, real, real Sega guy. Yeah, he did a lot of music for Sega and, and just and a, a ton of stuff in general. But I I did not put two and two together until like today <laughs> that he was the dude who made <laughs> Fillmore because that's yeah. the best goddamn song in that game. Wow. Not familiar with Streets of Rage music as blasphemous as that may sound, but I can't fault the the Act Racer soundtrack. It's pretty epic for that kind of game. It really is that first level, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> That's the other thing you get on Retro Docs Bus. Uh, acapella uh, versions of video. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes you get, obscure power get. metal songs yep. as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I was wondering. Oh, go ahead. What, I was, I was you, wondering, Eric, uh, before we, uh, you know, before we go on and on and on for, you know, six hours on this, uh, I do want to hear about, because I know you, you're the only one of, of the three of us who's played through this, but uh, what your thoughts are on the Secret of Mana HD remake. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, good point. Uh, yeah, so uh, yes, the, the HD remake that either people loved or hated. Yes. So this is obviously a recent remake and it's all polygons. And uh, uh, from an outside perspective, just looking in as as I am, my perspective, it looks like it was lovingly done. Uh, the, it doesn't look like it was slapped together. Uh, how How did you feel about this game? Uh, from a personal level, I really liked what they did with the remake. Great. Um, the the new art style looked really nice, but still kept true to the the really crisp sprite style of the original Secret of Mana. Um, but it still played the original. So, like, even if it went with three D sprites, it still felt like the same game. Um, the the remastered soundtrack was, I would say, hit or miss on some of the songs. Hmm. Um, they absolutely butchered Oracle, which I'm so sad about. Um, yeah, I was not happy on that one. But 
they also added in epic power metal guitar to the dwarf theme, which was phenomenal. Um, <laughs> so hit or miss. Some are great, some are not so great. But um, I think my favorite thing that they added, um, and this might be my own personal opinion, people may disagree with me on this, but something that they added into the remake that's completely new is they added in um, basically in cutscenes. If you're familiar with like the Tales of series or anything like that, when you rested in in, like the characters had this little side conversation. Okay. Yeah. Um, they added in a whole bunch of those, not only to do with the story, but for random stuff that's happening in the background. Um, that does I, a ton to build the relationship between the characters because that was one of the things I was a little bummed about is I felt like playing through the SNES game I felt like other than the story cutscenes I don't feel like these characters are interacting really that much like there's not a lot of like camaraderie here it's just like these are the three people that I'm playing as okay you know and that's just it is like when you first play it's like cool I have these three unique characters they kind of all have their little moments in their own spot um, I'm the um, Popoy eating everything on the sand chip will still be my forever favorite part, um, just for even in the original. But these new in cutscenes add so much personality and so much more connection to these characters that I have loved since you know '96 for 25 years or something. Um, and once they added these in, the voices, the voice acting is okay. I won't say it's like top notch stuff, but I think they nailed it well enough for the characters. Um, and that's something else I didn't mention is every single character in the remake, including random NPCs, is voice acting. Hmm. Wow, so they have that's a, voice a lot of work. Everybody. Damn. That's super yeah. impressive. Like, I always get amazed when games have like a, a good amount of voice acting, but then it always inevitably falls off and they don't, they don't stick with it for the whole game. Um, but you know, I think The Witcher was like one of those games where I was like, "Wow, fucking everybody has voiceover. This is this is insane." Um, and so that's really cool. I, I feel like that has to add so much to make the world just feel more alive and and more like it's, you know, they're interacting with each other. I think with the NPCs, it didn't add quite as much because you could tell a lot of the NPCs were just reused voice actors. Like it was just generic NPC A versus generic NPC B. Gotcha. But the fact that you could hear them. It did add a little more, but it was the characters voice acting, I think, like all the main characters and the villains um, that really cemented it um, in it being worth having the voice acting because it's like, okay, I've known these characters for a long time, but now I can actually put a voice to them and put like actual personality to their um, interactions. Mm -hmm. So now I've, I've heard a major great. So I've heard so many people dump on this game and I haven't really ever heard some some very convincing reasons why uh it's worth dumping on uh the thing that i i most recently discovered was that people just felt that this remake was extremely easy did you feel like that did you feel like this was like compared to the snes version this was a cakewalk um i i would say yes honestly i wouldn't say it was a cakewalk but they did simplify a lot of systems um in Mostly just in the magic system for the most part and grinding. Um, grinding okay. felt a lot quicker, so you leveled up a little bit faster. And I think that was just a quality of life thing. Um, but the magic system got a lot better, which, as um, you pointed out before, once you know to use magic, 
the game becomes an entirely different beast. Right. Uh, so in the remake, they added in two quick slot um, buttons, basically. So you could quick slot whatever you wanted into these two shoulder buttons. So you could put a weapon in there that you can automatically equip, or you can put you know spells or items or whatever you want. Um, as soon as I quick slotted that Thunderbolt in, it's like, okay, I'm just going to run through everything because I don't have to stop. I don't right. have to stop, open up the pause menu, go to Thunderbolt, select Thunderbolt, hit the enemy, and you know, just wait. Yep, it's just like firing off Thunderbolts like it's your job. Just yep, allows just, you with Thunderbolts. Here's R1, okay, Thunderbolt, this thing, done. Alright, see you later, bye. That, sound, that sounds great. That sounds like a very good addition to me. And and frankly, I think after playing... I mean, the all Super that Nintendo sounds version, like they like, just improved. Like, taking right. away so, some of the grinding? So, so the question then... Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. For sure. And I mean, it sounds like, you know, people complain because they don't like the art style. They don't like the new music and and they think it's easy. And I'm like, well, okay, the art style is a matter of personal taste. You know, I I think it looks, you know, it doesn't look like a PS4 game, but they weren't trying to make it look hyper realistic. They were trying to make it look evocative of the original while still, you know, modernizing the art style. So I'm like, in that that sense, I I, I think it accomplishes that. And I consider it HD sprite work, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you know, it's not not something like an Octopath Traveler, but it's it's definitely no, got that no, pop. It, it's that it, it sort of reminds me of like like maybe the third Wild Arms or something like in in terms of like quality. Um, I mean, that yeah, game if had this like, was cell shaded. Yeah, that was if this more, was cell shaded. I, I would totally agree, but yeah, but it's like that sort of style. It's not. It's it's like definitely not current gen, but it's not. It doesn't look antiquated too much either. It's like they right. went like for something older. It's not PS2, older. right? It's yeah. hard. To, it's hard to pin down. It's like if if a PS4 was making PS2 graphics or something like they're. It doesn't look like a PS2. It's like a. It's like a rendition of PS2. It's more simple polygons, but they are pretty darn good looking. I think. I mean, as a fan of sprites, like we are, it's hard for me to ever side with polygons. What, you know, if I have the choice. So if things like when things like remakes happen, uh, it's it's really tough for me to ever you know side with anything but the the with the, uh, anything but the sprites, and that usually means the original right. is my favorite. But uh, but I mean, yeah, in this case, I mean, I think it looks I think it looks pretty good up close. This the polygons look uh, even though they look a little bit last gen or something, uh, they look very crisp very polished in their way and the gameplay because i've been watching some some gameplay vids uh it really does really really evoke the sprite look in a way and it does feel like it's the same game but you know it's it's for you know new generation whatever new times modern times whatever so Mm -hmm. it's polygons it looks you know a little bit more sophisticated but um but yeah no i mean i i Personally, as someone who always sides with sprites, I think it looks pretty good. I, I especially gameplay wise. Yeah. Yeah. One nice good. thing that with them keeping yeah. the gameplay pretty much the same, but with this new art style, new art direction, is it literally added a different perspective to the game. Um, which for a couple of bosses, um, the the first major stonewall that we encountered, me and my sister, um, in the witch's castle was spiky. Um and in the remake, you can actually tell that it's on a higher elevation than you. So it makes it obvious. Oh my that, god, you're oh, talking about the wall. You're talking about the wall. 
the thing where you defeat it and then it starts to crush you against the wall? No, that's a different boss. That one did oh, kill us, man. by the way. That um, one, we didn't I realize forgot about that. Kill both eyes. Oh, no, this God. is um, the spiky tiger. Um, oh, the one that yes. jumps up onto the parapets on the side and then starts casting spells at you. Mm-hmm. The first time we fought it, we were absolutely clueless. We we're like, okay, we can't hit it up there. It's just going to sit there and it's going to camp us. Didn't realize that, oh, we can use a ranged weapon like the bow to shoot up to it because it didn't look like that would make a difference. Right. In, in 2D, you're not getting that, that verticality. It's just like, I don't know. I should be able to hit that guy. Why, why aren't I hitting it? Exactly, but in the new remake, they added that 3D perspective, but still kept the same play style. So it made it a little easier in that regard, where, oh, this is definitely on a separate level. Let me get a ranged weapon to hit this. That's very cool. That's very cool. I, I personally think that, you know, I, I will, I want to play through um, trials of mana and then I'm, I'm kind of just looking to keep the ball rolling like i want to pick up the uh the legends of mana remake a uh, remaster and and just kind of like follow chronologically you know at least the games that i've been interested in uh but i definitely want to go back and check out the remakes because um you know like you said steve uh i saw these remakes were coming out and instead of being like i want to play these remakes my brain went i really want to go and play the sprite ones Mm -hmm. like i just want to experience the original uh i I just have an affinity for that artwork like you and um and so that was really a big thing for me as i wanted to go back and play the original now having done that i am completely cool with the remake doing the different things that you that you mentioned um because i think like having it be a little bit easier a little less grindy a little more conversation like all that stuff sounds like a fun reason to play it again. And it won't be, you know, as much of a, there, there won't be as much grinding throughout it. So it'll just kind of be a little bit faster paced. Um, and so I, you know, I'm looking forward to doing that at some point, but um, I'm glad I played the originals because yeah. I think that like just seeing them in action, it's, it's no wonder why they, they became classics for so many people. I honestly think that everyone should start with the original just because it has that, original feel to it and you want to know where it came from yep. before you get all the added stuff of the remakes um like i said the added stuff is really just a it was a gift to the people that love the original because right. the ones that are still playing it like myself they know the game they know how it plays they're not going to change a lot of that but they added in these things to make it more interesting for the old time fans. They added the extra character development. They added the extra buttons to make things easier so you didn't have to, you know, deal with the tedious parts. Yep. But the sprite works will, like the originals will always have that original feeling that will draw you into the series first. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think after seeing the original and playing through it, I can appreciate the remake more. Yeah. Because um, I, I, I see what they did and how they adapted it. And and uh, I think the other thing I wanted to you know mention, I mean, most people probably realize this, but the Secret of Mana remake, Secret of Mana HD, truly sticks to the original gameplay, like one for one just about. Whereas the Trials of Mana remake is just its own thing. That is like, an entirely separate beast that they just said, I'm going to make a new engine and have that it. Yep. And, and so try the Trials of Mana, it really feels like this is something that you probably would want to play both for sure. Because 
the new game is such a different experience that you know it's not even directly comparable you know there's no timed attacks where you're you're waiting for your weapons to charge up and the perspective is totally different they built every level out in a full you know explorable 3d way uh, they got rid of the top-down perspective. You know, all of that's changed. Um, but the Secret of Mana remake really was, you know, it set out to stick it close to the original and stick it close to home. And I, I definitely respect it for that because it it didn't just change everything to try and make it modern. Yeah. It just kind of modernized a few aspects. And I think that worked better for it. Yeah, because so I think that's then, cool. then you're not alienating the the original fans. And I, I mean, I think that that's really the the number one downfall for any any sort of a remake, if it's a show, if it's a movie, if it's a game, uh, you know, it's it comes down to whether or not you're sticking true to the original. And I think a lot of companies feel like that's not important. And I would say that they are 100% wrong every single time they think that. Uh, they think, oh, we're just going to capture new fans. That's it. And you're in the fact of the matter is that you are remaking something that is beloved uh, for a reason, you know, it, it was a success at one time. So you're thinking like, all right, well, maybe we can, you know, do do that again, you know, recapture that lightning in a bottle, whatever. So, you know, it it it's awesome that they at least tried seemingly to to do that with this uh, HD remake. And it's a bummer. It sounds like it's a bummer that people were kind of kind of, you know, lukewarm to it for seemingly not the greatest reasons but i mean hey whatever people are people <laughs> it, i think it's mostly because everyone had their own little bit of the original that they really really liked and yeah. if they changed a little bit of that then they were a little upset like the soundtrack all, yeah. said, it was hit or miss for me um i don't hate the new soundtrack but there's also some that don't love i can understand that you know people want the original soundtrack. yeah that's it well, you know, thankfully actually, they have the option to put yeah, the original say, soundtrack in. But yeah, I was like, I thought you could just change it to the original if you wanted. You can, um, but you know, if you buy a whole remake with one of the selling points being a remastered soundtrack, and you don't right, and then you the don't like it. Yeah, there, yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's I think that's awesome. Actually, the uh, the Ducktales remaster that they did a bunch of years ago for, uh, I mean, I guess it was PS3. Or was that PS3? And yeah, PS3. that was. Uh, it was, it's was on it, a bunch of was that now. was that way forward that did that yes it was it was yep. way forward. That, i mean the, you know i was actually kind of hit or miss on the soundtrack as well and that's one of my most beloved soundtracks of all time and there were uh definite like certain songs that i was like wow uh not better i don't i don't like this but you know you could unlock the original soundtrack and listen to it and uh specifically the mount vesuvius theme um oh, <laughs> man I really prefer in the original. <laughs> like me and Oracle with Secret of Mana. Yeah. Like yeah. Right. the new Oracle just doesn't hit right. It doesn't feel the epic boss fight of right, the original. Right. Yeah, that was like the uh the the escape, the final level. Uh in and it's just this it's its own um song and it's just this really short part in the original game, but they turned it into a whole level for the DuckTales remake. And it was uh it was great that they did that. But it's like, oh, but you slowed it down so much and it's just uh, it loses all its all its punch and kind of a bummer. But so I actually like really know what you're talking about on that level. It's kind of funny. But uh, yeah. And, and I mean, some of the stuff, you know, we just we want it the way we loved it. Or we fell in love right. with it originally. And that's just yep. all there is to it. But um, if if you could tell people, Eric and then Tim, like, you know, because I can't say anything, I don't know. But if you guys could say like you've never played this game if you're an rpg fan if you like classic games 
why should somebody pick this game up? Why should somebody give this game their time? Eric. So for me, it's honestly like the original um, Secret Mana is like the baseline RPG for me now. Like you have your fast paced action. The storyline is really nothing to write home about, but it's also your standard RPG storyline. So you're not getting into anything completely ridiculous like Chrono Trigger. Um, but it's also very accessible. It's easy to pick up. It's easy to, to learn. But as Tim also mentioned, like you have these little nuances that you have to learn as you go through. Um, and it's co-op, honestly. That's, that's one of the big selling points that it was for me, mm-hmm. is you can grab your friends or your girlfriend or your partner or whoever, sit you them just, down on the couch. Just and grab like, Hey, them. play this game with me. Yeah, just, yes, re- just physically sit like them down on the couch. Manhandle them. Even just if they're on a damn couch. Just even if they're not a man, the couch, just duct tape a controller into their hand, say, play this, we're going <laughs> through this, let's have some fun. Just yell the word go at them until they start playing it. Nice. Much. Just go. Co-op was definitely uh definitely a big thing for me. As I said, that was I thought that was incredibly fun. Um Tim, what, what would you what would you add to that? Like, why why is this one of the best Super Nintendo RPGs? Um, so I would I would definitely you know agree with everything that Eric said. Uh, for me, I think the reason why Secret of Mana is worth playing is because you know I think the pedigree that it has and and that it has kind of gone on to produce like you know there are all these different Mana games and some people may have played them and, and not liked them or whatever. This is this is the game that like that did it for this series. And, and this is the one that like, if you are curious about the series as at all, this is the one that will, will most likely get you hooked. And if not, it would be the sequel. Um, The way that they kind of establish a world and allow you to travel back and forth in it is really effective. I I felt like at all times it was fun to just kind of go around and, and, you know, figure out where to go next and, and, you know, fighting enemies and leveling up the the combat became very satisfying. You know, your sense of growth and development as you're learning and more spells and all this other stuff is really fun. And yeah, I mean, it, it honestly is just a great game that you can pick up and play for a little while and put back down. You know, you can you can get to a boss and fight it and then, you know, call it if you want. Very approachable, like Eric said. So if you are curious about RPGs and maybe don't like what you've seen in like a Final Fantasy where it's turn-based or, you know, if it feels too slow or too boring, like, I feel like Secret of Man is kind of the gold standard for like the other flavor of RPGs that were that were around at the, the time, like the 16-bit era. Um, and, you know, we, we didn't even talk about the, uh, the Black Sheep uh, unofficial game in the series secret of evermore which is not related to the mana series at all but it was a game that squaresoft of america produced and is just like a, a very weird very different thing but it plays on the exact same engine as secret of mana i've i've heard uh that that secret of evermore is not a game i ever played but the cover is seared into my brain for all time seared uh, I Giant, love the I love the cover bug thing. Yeah, yeah, that cool big monster, that big bug monster. Yeah, uh, I always like kind of low key wanted to try that and just never mm-hmm. ended up. I've never played it. I'm not even sure I know what the game looks like. I just know the cover and the title. Yeah. Um, but in looking at the honest, I have a bit of a grudge against Secret of Evermore oh, because dude. of the fact that it's attributed so much to Secret of Mana. 
yeah a um, lot of people think that it's like oh it's secret of mana 2 and it's like no they just kind of the only really... thing they copied was the combat system and the font the, and lo the, font. the logo is the exact same it, like they yeah. did not in any way try to be like this is not related to secret of mana because there were no other mana games so what if they just became the secret of series we oh, would right. like yeah. we would never know that. So That's secret of Mana, secret too, yeah. of Evermore, like it could have could have just kept going. So so many people thought it was connected, and it's just it's just entirely not. It's its own thing. It's kind of like a it's like a time travel story. You play as a, a just a regular guy who has different weapons depending on the different eras that he goes through. And he, he has a pet dog, yep. and the pet dog completely evolves to change uh, based on what time zone he is. So, like in prehistoric times, it's like you know this big gnarly cave dog. If you travel to the future, you have like a robotic mechanical dog buddy, and then there's like you know a, a jackal one that kind of follows you around. Well, that and, like, sounds sort fun. of I don't know. That seems yeah. Fun. I mean, I, I've I've seen graphics, and I've I've always wanted to give it a spin, but I've I've wanted to play Secret of Mana more, um, and I. I still think I will go on to play this one, but uh, it'll probably circle back around to it yeah. after a few other games. Um, but yeah, I you know I think Secret of Mana is just it's a lot of fun, and if you're willing to learn you know some new systems and adapt how you play, uh, the the music is incredible. It's it's so yeah. good. Even like, if you don't wind up playing the game, just go listen to the soundtrack. Go, go and listen to the music. Yeah, honestly, like listening to the soundtrack made fighting enemies over and over again like no sweat because you're like, yeah. cool, the, I just get to hear this cool music. song by itself was designed to capture your attention because usually when you turn a game on, you turn the Super Nintendo on, you get that little ding or that little beep that mm -hmm. says, oh, we're starting. No, they put in a whale sound because you're like, oh, by the way, this is different. This is amazing. <laughs> Here's a fucking whale. Here's a fucking whale. <laughs> yeah. And then it leads into Fear of the Heavens and then you're just like, oh, I'm in for a ride. Dun, 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 yeah, exactly. So good, so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is this is a game. This is one for the ages for sure. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I don't know if we'll get around to doing an episode on Trials of Mana. Um, you know, maybe we will. Maybe we won't. But talk about that one too. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we we definitely have you on for that one too. Uh, but yeah, Trials of Mana is is a a stellar piece of gaming uh that game has so much to offer and i think any of the the weird little like quirkiness with combat or anything from secret of mana that took me a little bit to get used to i think trials just smoothed it right out and honestly it's like like it just it plays so fucking good it's, it's yeah so good. it plays the same you still have to have that little bit of a weight system in the combat yep. But the the six different choosable characters, the three different storylines, and just the improvement of the music and the graphics and the just the travel and everything. Yep, the travel. Trials the... was an appropriate sequel to Secret of Mana. Mm -hmm. Nice, hundred percent, hundred percent. And what what system was that on? Originally, it's for the Super Nintendo, um, but now it's available in the collection of Mana, which is available. Oh, is that the Japan, the Japan only yep. third one? That's the Japan yes. only okay. third Psych one. Yep. <laughs> Originally known as Saiken Setsu 3 or Secret of Mana. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Nice. Oh, I, yeah. I, you know, I, uh, I would ha be happy to play this original game. I uh, don't have it for the Super Nintendo and I don't have an SNES classic. I, I, I got to get one of them and, and, uh, and mod it and add a bunch of ROMs. That's what I got to yeah. do. <laughs> 
Or yeah, you can just, I mean, you know, support the company to get more mana games and buy the collection of mana, and you have all three of the original ones right there at your feet. If 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 only I mean, I he's had not a wrong, but not an endorsement at all. I'm not you, sponsored. Do you have to have a switch? Though. I do got to buy a switch to do that, but that is uh, that is a uh, what most people should do for sure. If you have a switch and you like classic RPGs, pick up the collection, guys. Come on. It kind of it kind of blew my mind that they did not put this collection of mana out on other consoles. Like I. I just thought that was crazy. I mean, is it because they're Super Nintendo games that they have to be? I think that's it, is because the original three were only on Nintendo systems. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Wow, I'm surprised that that's still like a thing. But they're like, yep, still still got that brand loyalty because it just at this point feels like, I don't know, everyone just puts everything on everything. Um, it's it's kind of weird. But yeah, I guess that does make some sense. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Yeah, good stuff. Well, that's the secret of mana, I think. Yeah. Uh, unless anyone has anything else they want to throw in there. I mean, I'll keep going for another half an hour, hour if you want. There's so much <laughs> more I can talk about the game, but I'll uh, I'll save you guys that torture. What's like? What's like one final one final thing that you would like to mention? Let's let's, let's send them off with one solid Eric nugget. <laughs> okay, so a little from our from our bit. friend of mana. <laughs> That's actually a game, by the way. There is a Friends of Mana. Um, <laughs> that was a mobile game that was only released in Japan. Oh. Um, <laughs> and you are one of so those friends. Friends. <laughs> Something like that. I didn't own the, the actual game, though. It, I was sad that I couldn't get it. Um, but here's a little unknown, a little nugget of information that not a lot of people realize about Secret of Mana. And it has very little to do to change the game. But there is all actually branching paths in the beginning that you can take that dictate which party members you get first. Um, most people that just play through the game are like, okay, I got Randy. Obviously, you have to get him first because it's the main character. And then they'll play through the game normally and they'll wind up with Trim and then they'll get Popoy. But there's actually a way that you can trick the game. Well, I say trick. There's events that you can skip that will let you bypass getting Trim first. And you can go get Popoy, and then you meet Krim somewhere else. Oh, weird. Really? That's super cool. Little unknown tip that huh. people don't realize. So if you have a favored party member, like I prefer Popoy because Black Magic is fun. Um, right. And I wanted the bow and arrow before I went into the Witch's Castle. Um, then you can circumvent certain events, and you wind up with Popoy before you go get Krim. That's cool. That's really fun. Is that yeah. something they kept intact in the remake? Do you happen to it? It is. Yep. Who? Um, All right. It, well, it I got to try that when I when I play through that. Yeah. Yep. Um, and the small thing that that adds is it does add a little bit of character development in the original one, which was a nice touch. Um, depending on which path you take, you actually learn a little bit more about Prim's backstory versus Popoy's. Um, because one of the reasons that spoilers storyline it doesn't really matter a whole lot because they tell you right up front um the reason prim joins you is she's trying to find her boyfriend fiance lover whatever you want to call it um dialect who was kidnapped um but if you follow a certain path in the beginning of the game you actually meet prim up in the castle where she's running away from an arranged marriage uh marriage and you can actually go in and talk to who was supposed to be her future husband. Huh. 
You'd be like, Small yo, tidbits. dude, yo, dude, she don't want to marry you. And he's like, yeah, no. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a total butt. Um, but these are small things that are like Easter eggs in the game that you find playing through it so many times. Um, right. But I just like to let people know that, hey, you can play through the game once and you think it's the same, but no, there's small things that you can do to make it different. That's the stuff. That's yeah, why that we have really you here, cool. Eric. These nuggets. Yeah. Love it. All the nuggets. All Straight the nuggets. from the friend of mana. Chicky nuggets, y'all. Chicky nugs. Mana, they're mana nugs, actually. Ma- mana nuggets. Yeah. Give me my fairy walnuts. <laughs> yeah, they're fairy walnuts. I need to restore my MP, goddammit. <laughs> I still don't know why they don't give them to you earlier in the game. Trials of mana is like, first stork, fucking fairy walnuts. Have, have these nuts. I'm like, okay, perfect. I love <laughs> these nuts. So I was all about. That. I love these nuts. These I love these nuts. nuts. You know, the, I, we haven't mentioned it, but I think that this game probably should also get credit uh, for being the only game I can think of where there's three characters and only one of them's a guy. Um, that's debatable. Yeah, Popoy is Popoy is ambiguous, like yeah. non-gendered. I don't know. When you read through the game, there's points where they will reference him as a guy there's other points where they'll reference him as a girl and there's other points that they honestly um again another headcanon for me and my sister we just call popoy it because we don't know it popoy is they them yeah right pretty much um and i believe in the like official wikis and stuff like that they actually say they don't conform to a certain gender ah because they are just a, a magical being sprite gotcha so it is yeah. technically one and one and one. Uh, well, also a first. One for all. That's Actually, awesome. that's even that's even more impressive, honestly. Yeah, a little something for everybody. They had a, they had a gender fluid character in 1993. Yep. That's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. I mean, the only other one around was probably Poison from Final Fight, and that was technically a mistake. Right, that was just a translation. That uh, was a translation uh, error that they later owned. And it became like, a nope. giant controversy where Secret Manage is like, yeah, we're just going to slide this in here and it's yeah. just going to happen. And you're not going to yeah. worry about it because we called it a sprite instead of a human. And then nobody, asks, nobody questions it. That, that, is, that is pretty uh, cool. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, so Secret Mana, breaking barriers before they even know what they need. Oh, yeah. Broken. That's yeah, right. right. That's that's why go go play the game for that. If you need another reason, if you if you don't have enough reasons already, I think I think honestly, like the only gender fluid character on the Super Nintendo, that should be like a, a trivia question. And the answer is Popoy, the sailor man. <laughs> Popoy, the sprite who eats all the food on the skip in the including the spinach, desert. including all the spinach, all the including cans, the spinach. Yeah. Uh, yep. How, how often have you eaten spinach from a can? I mean, not many characters I, can claim that. Yeah, I don't even know where you find spinach in a can. Was that a a, a more common a common thing in the forties or something? I, I don't know. I don't I know. Like, I wasn't I around like then. I don't really look for it though. So I mean, if I, mean, I, I recall my right there. my I recall my dad eating spinach from a can when I was younger. So is your dad a boy? No. Did his uh, no. forearms bulge and, uh, and and did he did he play a theme song and and, and blow on his pipe wh- whenever he did it? No, but I was severely disappointed whenever that didn't happen. Yeah, I would have been was, too. 
However, the fact that it didn't happen is probably why I never actually cooked the pita spinach. It's not worth it. You're like, well, if that happened, then yeah. And I could go spinach every day. Yeah. Then I could go beat up Bluto's. But, you know, otherwise, forget it. Like, Like, like I got other shit to do. What 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 am I gonna do? Just just benefit from the vitamins? Like who gives a shit? Like like I give a shit about that? Like (laughs) I want instant muscles. I want theme music. Hello. The theme music (laughs) is really what I want the most. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it's at. But uh awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff, guys. uh, That was very fun. I really Wish I could play this game. If I had a Switch, I would definitely pick up the collection. Sounds like a great collection. I'm, I'm happy that there are more and more of these uh, collections coming out for, for the Switch and for other just current modern systems. Uh, obviously, the Castlevania collection had come out, and uh, there's now talk of a second one, which is everybody's, you know, was dying for. Yep. Hopefully that happens, and we get all of the, the GBA games to come out. But something like uh, Secret of Mana is definitely not equal to the visibility of something like Castlevania. So it's really super awesome that there are some lesser known gems that are coming out like that. And, and obviously like we're getting Ninja Ninja warriors again and uh, the wild guns. What, what company does those? That's a Natsume. Yep. Oh, it's just Natsume. That's right. So it's the, the original. Or, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's a, it's tight. Not, 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 not to me did the publishing, I think, originally, but okay. it's Taito who's it was doing Taito. all of Yeah. So that's even better because it's the original company that's going yep. back to these old these old entries that didn't even have long series, just literally single entries, especially in the case of Wild Guns. Right. And it's just and literally it, one. It should be mentioned that uh, the, the collection of mana um, has been like, you know, obviously put out there by Squaresoft, but it was handled by uh, a company called M2. And M2 has become really well known and respected for doing very good uh modern ports of like retro games mm-hmm. and collecting them and putting like all the nice bells and whistles in there and including like you know instant load and and having uh you know the manuals built in there doing like concept art galleries they they, they do a real good job with putting roms on a, a modern console you know because some companies they just it's just very low effort and they just dump it on there and it's like you know it's super half-assed yeah and uh and, and m2 does not do that it's a very nice uh you know well put together piece of software uh so yeah I mean, the collection of man is really really great they, they did a great job i'd like to go back and play the first one too the game boy one that's included on there apparently they included a whole bunch of filters too so you can make it look like you're playing it on your original you know pea soup game boy or you know you can filter it however you want it um yeah. but yeah i i I like to play it eventually, but it's it's lower on my list. But yeah, yeah. you know, the, the modern age of being able to play old games is it is getting harder and harder. Emulation is, is you know, being cracked down on a lot more. Uh, there's still, you know, the bastions of it out there. Uh, I, you know, I certainly partake in some degree. Uh, but I feel like uh, companies releasing things like this more and more is is how you fight it. You know, it's, it's kind of how they get get away from that because you've got to give people an opportunity to buy this thing mm-hmm. if you want to drop six hundred dollars on ebay to buy a copy of secret of mana that's on you but like i'd like to just play it and you know not have to do something that ridiculous so glad that these things exist and i'm glad that you guys are here to talk about it because Heck this yeah. was a lot of fun Heck yeah, thanks well, for I... having me let me uh rant about you know a great rpg 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Your rants are very much welcomed and uh, your knowledge and expertise were invaluable to making this episode of the crow's nest as special as it Absolutely. was. Absolutely. And I, I'm happy uh, for once I got to just kind of sit back and listen to you guys talk and, and kind of learn some stuff. I, uh, cause I just really wasn't that familiar with the series and I'm happy to always talk about anything, but you know, I was like, ah, oh, geez, you know, I, I don't have much to add. So it's awesome that uh, you were able to come and join us, Eric. So thanks a lot for that, man. That was, uh, that was really fun. We'll definitely have to have you back on if we dip back into the series for sure. Yeah, no problem. And uh, it sounds like I need to uh, get you to change that and get you to play secret man. <laughs> <laughs> one of us one of one us, of us. <laughs> one. <laughs> how, how much is the uh how much does the card tend to go for because i do have my super nintendo um you can usually find the original cart like a super nintendo cart um i think the average going price is about 40 right now uh peak that i saw it which was shortly after it stopped being in production it went up to about 120 Let's see. Uh, let's see what PriceCharting.com, our old buddy, our old buddy and pal. Let's see what uh, it has to yeah. say about Secret of Mana. Um, I'm seeing some eBay auctions for twenty, for thirty-five, for forty. Yeah, price charting is just not loading for me at all right now. This this guy is selling it complete in box for thirty-five dollars. This can't be real. This gotta be fake. Are you saying if I go home, get my box and my instruction book, that I could sell it for like a lot of money? I don't know. I'm saying you should be able to, but this guy Bit Game Shop is selling a complete inbox for just 35 bucks. Like that's not that much. I would never sell it anyway. Like I no, still have it means my too much. Stuff. No, this uh, looks like a repro. According- Everyone laughs at me when I say it, but I constantly tell people that my Super Nintendo and Secret of Mana will be buried with me in my crypt. They're going in my crypt with me. You can't take it with you, Eric. I mean, I you can't. it's coming with me anyway. <laughs> I I'm mean, gonna, it can't go I'll, with I'll you. It'll it. just, it'll just go in the ground. That's, that's fine. That's fine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna it prevents it. other people from enjoying it, and that's important. If I can't have it anymore, no and one no one else can. can. <laughs> uh, price charting says loose um, secret of mana, fifty-five bucks. Loose, loose cart, complete one fifty, and uh, of course, new. What you like? If you're ever gonna find it, you know, it's a, it's over a thousand, but that's right. Always crazy like that. I bet you our um, friend uh, uh, Greg Draft uh, has it. Uh, up in his store up in new hampshire there yes uh from gorilla games up in new hampshire gorilla games yep i bet you anything he's got it up there i'm sure he does yes i bet you cool. i bet you all right guys we're gonna we're gonna call that a wrap thank you so much thanks for joining us on this uh, crow's nest episode through the secrets of mana uh and listening to us geek out all over the goddamn place uh so thanks so much for tuning in and uh, there's nothing else to promote. Am I am I correct in saying? Well, we should probably mention any, that this other- uh, this episode of the Crow's Nest has been brought to you, uh, as always, by Deadly Grounds Coffee, and of course, that is coffee to die for. A uh, tried and true sponsor of the Dorkening Network, which we are, of course, full fledged members of. We love the Dorkening. We love Deadly Grounds Coffee. You guys should definitely check them out. Lots of awesome shows on the Dorkening. And uh, at the beginning of this episode, you did hear the Deadly Grounds coffee commercial. But hey, if you're a, if you're a coffee fan, uh, it's an awesome company. They make an awesome product, really tons of really great flavors. Um, you know, it seems like the, the favorite uh, flavor is Witch's Brew for, for Tim brew. and I, which is the chocolate raspberry. Uh, just an amazing, amazingly delicious uh, raspberry coffee. I've had numerous and this is by far the best I've ever had. Uh, just a just a great local company 
We love them, and uh, you should check them out. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All you coffee drinkers out there, you know what to do. You heard it here. You heard it at the top and at the bottom. And so without further ado, I will bid you all farewell. Thank you for stopping by. We will see you next time.